This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Welcome out to another episode of the PNP Industry Insider Podcast, where we, where we look at what is changing in the industry and take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. Uh, my name is Donnie Shelton, as always, owner of Triangle Home Services, as well as CEO of Comarch. And with me is the highly esteemed, often highly sought after, and highly of the highliest, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, would you like to say hello this morning? We're recording in the morning, by the way. Good morning. Uh if you're listening in the morning, good afternoon. If you're listening in the afternoon, um, pretty interesting topic uh, and one that uh, I think is um, this is the perfect time of year to talk about it because um, you're gearing up for your season. If you're in uh, pest control, if you're in lawn care, your uh, selling season is well underway. And so um, the topic is getting to the next lef- level with cross functional sales teams. So um, let me ask you a question, Donnie. What oh, is a cross-functional sales team? It's, well, let's just say it's corporate gobbledygook. No, I'm kidding. Cross-functional, I hate that is word. It, <laughs> it's like, you spell that. Yeah, can you, is it function? No, I, you know, you're right, Dan. And I, and I thought this would be a great topic because um, we're going to get into what cross-functional selling is and, and why it's, I think, probably one of the most important tenants that you put into your business, uh, especially once the season starts. But at the same time, um, it's not something that I would do all year long. And so when someone says cross-functional, first of all, I think my eyes roll back in the back of my head because I think it, it starts sounding like a bunch of corporate jargon, you know, kind of like touch points and all that kind of crap that you hear. But but all it means <laughs> is that you don't believe in touch points. <laughs> I'm not going to You don't want to run it up the flag. No, you don't want to run it up the flagpole or. <laughs> you know, I don't want to answer that because I know just as soon as I start, once I start going down a road, I might not be able to get myself back. And we are being recorded, so I, I will not do that. So anyway, okay. I am. Um, let's not run it up the flagpole. Though. Let's not do all that. Yeah, let's let's not talk too much about touch points because it, it could get wrong quick. So I um, no. So when, when someone says a cross-functional sales mind. team. Yes. What they really are saying is, hey, how do you engage a team that has different players on different teams to make it as one team? So, so for example, um, you know, one of the ways that you could think of this is, is that, okay, I've got a team within my own set of teams and, you know, it, and that team varies across functions. So the way this looks like in a pest or a loan company is, Let's just say you have a manager and you have someone in the office and then you have field sales and you have technicians. All you would do is you would take a slice between all of those folks to make one internal team. And so the idea here is, is that, yeah, and there's a lot of psychology that supports this and and I need to go in and and I'll probably link some in, in our show notes. But, but essentially when you look at a person and this is psychology 101, we as a species are much more willing to let ourselves down a lot faster than we would let our friends down or a team down. And so what you're doing is, is that you're creating this, this structure where, you know, a lot of times we put sales, say on an inside salesperson, 
or we put sales, say, on a technician, and they are kind of responsible for getting their numbers. And, you know, some folks are really, really good at that, and they take, you know, those goals and those, um, and those you know, and really whatever you're trying to get, and they really embrace it. And then others are just kind of like, yeah, you know, if I get it, great. They're much more willing to quit. But when you put them with a team and other people are depending on them, you know, again, psychology 101, that person, typically their performance goes way up because they're not going to let their friends down. And so all we're doing here is we're just using that psychology to create a structure within our own company that will boost uh, performance in my, you know, and 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 I think in a lot of cases, you know, job satisfaction. And all you're doing is you're going to take, you know, say someone from the office, maybe a manager, a few technicians, and, you know, an inside salesperson, outside salesperson, however your structure is, and you're going to kind of create this little team within your company. And so when someone says a cross-functional sales team, all they're saying is, is that, hey, we're going to have this team within our own set of teams that kind of goes across the office. It goes across management. It goes across inside sales, outside sales, as well as, you know, our field technicians. And so <clears throat> the goal here is, is that everyone who is engaged in sales now, instead of them being just, you know, concerned about their own numbers or concerned about, say, just the outside sales numbers, now it's something where we get everyone engaged. And Dan, now my question back to you, and I'm asking you a question, I already know the answer to this, but why or what effect do you think this has on the relationship between the office and say technicians when they are when they are selling on the same team? First of all, before you do that, describe the typical relationship between the office and the field. <laughs> Most companies. So everybody thinks that they know uh, what's best for everybody. And by the way, we haven't prepared these questions for each other. So I'm hoping that I'm giving you the right answer. But yeah, yeah. my experience has been this. This is kind of an interesting one. Right. So in this day and age with, uh, you know, IP phones and, and headsets and whatnot, it's not as much. But it used to be 20 years ago when you walked into a pest control company. If people weren't yelling and screaming at each other and the noise level wasn't high, that means you weren't doing well. And I understand that with headphones and, and silencing it, it, it. It's all going on, but it's 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 just not that loud. But, you know, uh, there's always some friction between sales and operations in office and sales and office and operations. Right. Uh, the office wants everything to fit neatly and tidy. In a, in a little box so that they can put it in the schedule and everything's good. The sales guys, they want to give everything away uh, so that they can make the sale. And the technicians, they say, geez, I can't service that. You sold it in such a way that uh, that is outside of what we do. So how, how's right. that for a... Uh, you, you, you nailed it, Mr. Gordon. Yes. I mean, it really, and, and that is true. You know, this is one of the things that, and, and I'm sure this is unique to Triangle. I'm sure no one else out there has this issue um, but <clears throat> one of the things that I see a lot is, you know, a technician is out on his route and he's like, what the heck? Why did they schedule this this way? Don't they know that Mrs. Smith, you know, yada, yada, yada. Or I have to I mean, one of the challenges that we had years ago when we first went into Charlotte, by the way, in Charlotte, there's this massive lake called Lake Norman. that's like right in the middle of Charlotte. And when you look at it from a route scheduler perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, that stops only 10 miles away. Or I'm not even mining that. Maybe in like you know two miles away. What you don't see is oh. that it's a it's it's a 40 mile drive, right? Because you got to go all the way down around the lake <laughs> to get over there. 
And the technician's like, what are they? Yeah. So it's very, and this is human nature, right? People get into their own little world and then they get mad and upset when people don't understand their own little world, especially when they're controlling work. And the same thing in the office, right? It's like, my gosh, why can't, you know, Donnie or whoever get this, this, and this done? It's so easy. They can't figure out, you know, how to do the orders. And so what it creates is it creates this almost like this, not rivalry, but it kind of creates this tension between the two. And I think there's, you know, some tension is good, but, but getting back to the original point here is that I have found, and this is my own experience, that when you do cross-functional selling, it does a ton in improving communication and the relationship between the office and the field. Because the fact is, is that when these two groups are kind of sparring at each other, it is never good. Right. It never ends well. And so when you're able to create this team that spans across the office, now all of a sudden they're all on the same they're on the same team. Right. And they're having to work it out and figure it out together. And the communication goes way up. And so it's one of the ways to kind of really gel your company, because I can tell you, like right now, it, you're right, Dan, our lawn care side. I mean, man, we're in it. Stuff flying, <laughs> we're selling, you know, there's just stuff flying all over the place. And it's easy when we get busy, you know, little things turn into big things. And so um, this is a tool and a technique that you can use that will, number one, I think greatly improve your sales because anytime people compete, and this is friendly competition, um, and two, it improves the communication between the office and the field. And so a lot of things that would typically fall by the wayside once you get busy, because, you know, systems are all great when you're not busy. It's when you're stressed and everyone's going crazy where you really test things out. And so bringing it all the way back, cross-functional sales team, it's nothing more than, you know, different different people within different teams of your business who are going to temporarily jump on one team and compete with other people internally inside. Um, your business. And so, you know, when when we talk about this now, I'm not I want to make an important disclaimer here. Number one disclaimer is I would not do this all year long. OK, I would do this only in the busy season and I would only do it for when you're trying to boost sales. This is almost like, you know, if you think about I don't know, I'm not a car guy, so I'm going to mess this metaphor up and then someone's going to email me and tell me that I'm, I'm not smart, which I already know. So go right ahead. But it's like nitro in a car, right? You get the you get the push, you get to go. It's not something permanent, and then you back off of it. You know when you start slowing down. So, um, so number one is don't change reporting relationships. Meaning like it's not going to be like well now I have one manager that is responsible for inside sales, outside sales. Feel you know don't do that, right? Keep all of your normal reporting relationships normal, and then number two make it temporary in nature, right? It is, it, you know, you, this is icing on the cake. This is not operations. And so with all of that, did we answer the question <laughs> of what a cross-functional sales team is? Uh, I'm working on an email to tell you how you don't know what you're talking about when yeah. it comes to cars, but <laughs> good, hold on. Good. But, 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 yeah, uh, got to get it in queue. <laughs> yeah, no, this 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 is an interesting one. So a lot of our clients, what they do is, you know, they use the uh, routing software and the routing software keeps track of, uh, sales, usually for salespeople, maybe for CSRs, inside sales, technicians, whatever. So, and then a lot of companies will have a sales board and everybody's on it. And you might have it by department so that your salesmen or, or salespeople are, you know, their, their, their numbers are a lot higher than say a technician or whatnot. 
So are you saying that you create on a sales board for team one, team two, and team three? That's right. And when you have on that sales board, are you still keeping track of the individuals? Because we are. Um, yeah. When but 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 if you think about the uh you know the the team itself, you know, the salesperson says, well, geez, I'm doing all the work because, you know, they, their numbers are way higher than maybe the CSR who doesn't get, uh, you know, as much of a chance to sell because, you know, the, a lead has been passed on through, you know, the sales. And, and, everything and I really do think that's the beauty of this, right? So so you, you the point you just made is a very good one, which is, you know, you have a CSR who, generally speaking, they don't get too excited about sales, usually. I'm not saying always, but they don't. Why? Because it's more work for them, right? I mean, it's more. Absolutely. And so this is a yeah. So this is a way to kind of engage them in the process. And now, you know, because the fact is, is that in any business, there's no one who sits in a vacuum and does it all, right? There are no heroes, right? I mean, you, you can have that, but it doesn't it doesn't scale very much. It it really is a team approach. And so when you engage the team in one specific goal, now. You know, even the CSR, well, what can I do to get that service quicker? What can I do to get the billing squared away? What can I, you know, like there are things that they can do to make that sell faster, better, quicker, and, and more likely to, you know, to close. And so um, I think it's a fantastic way of doing that. And, you know, I want to come back around because we are going to talk about some ideas on how to pull this off. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about why this is so important to consider in your own business. And, you know, we've talked about this several times um, before on this podcast, but, but, you know, I think the reality of it is, is that most companies leave a boatload of opportunities on the table when it comes to servicing customers. I mean, even if you have, say, a, you know, a small route, that guy's probably going to do what, 10 stops a day? And you can't tell me out of 10 stops, there's not one thing that person doesn't see that could be sold. Would you agree with that, Dan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We have, you know, I mean, we, we can go back to the, the tech leads that we've talked about in the past, but uh, there are companies that uh, sell millions of dollars just on tech leads, you know, and on observations, you know. And think about how much that costs you. Nothing. Right. It, I mean, literally, when you think about cost per lead, the technician is already out there now. But, you know, the technician has challenges. Right. Number one, the technician may not be comfortable in selling. Number two, the technician may not be comfortable in like the, maybe they got, you know, pressure in terms of trying to get a lot of stops done. And so they don't want to take the time. And so when you do these kind of cross functional sales teams, what you can do is you can take that off the technician, but still get the result. And, you know, in the case of, of Triangle, and I'm not saying Triangle is the example because we got our warts and we screw up and we do stupid stuff. So don't go anyone thinking that we got it all figured out because we don't. But, you know, one of the things that we do, and I think we do this very well. And by the way, this is not a genius of Donnie. This is actually, I have to give props to Bobby Jenkins because he's the one I've seen do this extremely well. Now, Bobby has a ton of services and, you know, with ABC. So he has a lot to sell to his customers. But the fact is, is that you don't need a pay-per-click budget. You don't need a mass media budget. All you need is a process where a technician sees something, he or she passes that lead to either an inside sales team or a CSR or whomever that's on this cross-functional sales team, and now they have the follow-up. 
and you know professional sales presentation can be done you know whatever that person is you know because a salesperson by far is going to have a much more probably refined presentation than a technician um you know when they talk to that customer and so you know it's one of the ways that you can take and leverage you know what folks are really really good at and take away the i would say um kind of the roadblocks that prevent you know um more sales from coming out of your customer database because you know, I think as an industry, we leave a ton on the table. You know, we don't, you know, as an industry, I'm not saying all companies, because there are some companies out there who do this very, very well. Um, but in general, if you got 20 technicians, and let's just say they're all doing, I don't know, 10 stops a day. These are low numbers, by the way. And they see one opportunity a day. Well, that's 100 opportunities within one week. That's 400 opportunities within a month, you know. I mean that, and if even if you're, let's just say your your close rate is fifty percent. I mean, who doesn't want two hundred more sales? And so, that doesn't cost you anything. So, so one of the things that uh, you know we talk about is recurring revenue. Uh, you know that that that's ultimately what we want. Um, I think number of customers is probably uh, something that you want to uh, you know uh, you want to. Uh, um, push up and whatnot. A lot of these opportunities are selling extended service, extended services to existing customers, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you see a neighbor and you go over the neighbor and, uh, but most likely it's what we can do for existing customers. Is that what you're talking about? And is it one time or is it recurring? It is all recurring. You know, to me, we don't count one time uh, sales. <laughs> it doesn't, I shouldn't say we don't count it. Obviously we count the revenue. But what I mean by that is like, in our company, one-time sales is kind of considered to be like not a big deal. Like it just doesn't count in terms of like scorecards and what we're really measuring and, and what we really reward. And so, you know, if you're not doing mosquito, you need to start. <laughs> if you're Absolutely. a company, and if you're even if you're a long cut, it is the most profitable service line that we have at Triangle. And so, you know, you're out there treating. I mean, it's you can have fun with it, right? These technicians like, hey, you know, I really enjoyed treating your house today, but I got lit up with mosquitoes. Are you experiencing that? And if you are, you know, hey, or our technician was out there today and he was treating and he, you know, he did his service. He noticed there was a ton of mosquitoes. In fact, he got bit up. Are you guys having a problem? And then boom, there you go. Um, so, so anyway, I just think that, you know, our customers, you know, there's nothing wrong with us highlighting and again, this is kind of more sales philosophy, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. But the fact is, is that if you don't alert customers to issues that you see, you know, that's one of the things that they're paying us for. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a, a trifold in, in, a, in an hour long presentation. It just needs to be, hey, look, you got a lot of mosquitoes out there. What, what are you doing? Right. Or, or, you know, hey, I noticed there's a lot of water over you. Just something simple just to highlight to the customer. And the fact is, is that with technology now, you know, people not being home is no longer an excuse. You can text them pictures, you can send them email. I mean, just, you know, people in the past, like, well, you know, no one's ever home when I'm treating or, you know, whatever. So anyway, bringing it back to cross-functional, it's, it's the idea here is, is that you've got eyes out in the field and then you've got people back in the office who, when they work together, creates this crescendo, that's the word of the day there. They create this, this <laughs> they create this thing, this piece for your business where, you can really pack on the sales, especially in season, where otherwise, 
you would not be able to do that because you're just depending completely on marketing. And I realize, obviously, I'm in the marketing industry. I'm in the marketing business, but I'm also, you know, I own a, I'm an operator and I own a company and I, you know, I'll take sales anywhere we can get them from. So let's transition for a moment and let's talk a little bit about how you do this. Now, I'm going to talk a bit about Triangle. But before we do that, Dan, have you seen other companies do what we're talking about here? And if you have, can you just just a quick example of who you've seen do it? So uh, basically, uh, you know, um, technician leads are a big source. A lot of technicians don't like to sell. A lot of technicians will tell you that if they wanted to sell, they would have been a salesperson, not a technician. Uh, multiple personality types. But if they see something conducive, they shoot it back to the office. The CSR may or may not have time. If the CSR has time, they can make the sale or they can pass it on to a salesperson. What I've yeah. also uh, noticed is, so our friend Pat Quigley, right? He does uh, sales training for salespeople, but he also does it for CSRs inside office and, and other folks as well. Because like you said, CSR usually, they wanna get their work done, the, the sales, it's it's nothing more than a disturbance to them. So, right. you know, do they push it on or do they take it? So you've got to have some sort of incentive for them. And that, that could be this this uh, uh, group uh, or this team. Uh, so, you know, um, but we've seen people uh, definitely um, where you get tech leads and then you track it right through the, uh, um, you know, you track it right through the, 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 the process. Um, and so. Um, there, there's a program out there called Lead Now, Nitesh. Um, he he uh, has this pretty cool program, and uh, he uses that to uh, track it through the process. So there's a couple of what I would call, I don't want to call these secrets, right? Anytime someone tells you that they've got some sort of secret, it, it, I immediately, like my, you know, a flag goes up. But this is not a secret, but I will tell you this. If you want to get really, really good at selling, especially uh, to your current client base, then get really, really good at shooting video and taking pictures. I will tell you, we started doing this and it changed. You know, like when we send someone, it's one thing to hear, hey, you know what? You, you've got a lot of mosquitoes here, whatever. It's something totally different when someone has a video and says, look, we took this video on your property and you see all these mosquitoes over here, here, and here. You know, we can help you do that. Now, you know, it takes out that, you know, from the customer perspective, is this really a problem or is this person trying to sell me something? It takes that off the table. And now the conversation within the customer brain is, do I want to spend the money to take care of the problem? And that's a very different conversation as to whether or not do I have a problem. And so number one, and when we talk about how to do this is, and again, you don't need to make this complicated. You know, you can you know, set something up where a technician takes a couple of pictures, they send it to the office. The office says, hey, look, here's what we got. You know, and there's tons of CRMs that can pull this off. So the, don't overcomplicate it. Right. All I'm saying is, is that get evidence of what you're saying. Number one. So number one is photos and videos. Number two, and this is really important, is you've got to make it fun. Now, one of the things that we did uh, early on, we, we did this like five years ago is we actually created these shirts and we had the funniest names for teams. I mean, we had like the pink people and I mean, I forgot how, I, I mean, the, but they actually would wear their shirts. And, and at the end of the week, you know, we would tally up which team was winning and we had this big board and we would do emails and say, you know, this team's here, this team's there. And they were funny names, but the, at the end of the day, 
it was all about, you know, making it fun, making it new. And that's why one of the reasons, you know, when we started this podcast, I said, this is not something you want to do all year long because it's, it's difficult to keep it fresh and new. And you want a definitive endpoint. Um, you know, you can do that each week. You can do it each month. But, you know, over time, if you just keep battle after battle after battle, sometimes it just kind of loses its luster. You want this to be a really hit, a big hit for in launching your season. The other thing that I would say, the reason I make it fun is that, when the crap hits the fan and the season kicks off, everyone's stressed out. One of the things I've noticed is that when people are not focused on how hard it is and they're focused more on trying to get the sales, they tend to be better. They tend to be less, you know, cranky. They tend to be less, they don't, they're not focused on how hard they're working. They're actually enjoying the process. And so making it fun making flags, creating t-shirts, creating team names. You absolutely should name, you should name the teams, but you know, whatever you do, number one, create the system so that you got photos and videos. Number two, make it fun, create names for the teams, you know, set definitive endpoints, whatever. So, um, that, does that make sense so far? I got more stuff, Dan, if you want to add I mean, stuff I, to that. I, uh, I'm just kind of knowing your, what is it? The A type personality who came up with the name Pink? Uh, you know, <laughs> I did not. I did not come up with that one. You were absolutely right, Dan. Uh, I didn't think you came <laughs> up with that. No, I listen. Anyone spend any time with me, they know that you know my team makes all the magic happen. I'm the goof that sits up at the top. So I don't, you know, I didn't come up with any of this stuff. I'm just telling you what we do. Um, but it's been fantastic. And and so that's so number one, photos and videos. Number two, you create the structure for the team in terms of flags, shirts, names, those types of things. And then the third thing is, I like, again, you can come up with your own structure, but you need to go in and actually create the composite teams. And, you know, by the way, if Marie Horner is listening to this podcast, I'm going to give her props. She is probably one of the most, I, I mean, I have never seen anyone do this better than her. Years ago, she worked for a company and she was in charge of contests like this and she just rocked it. I would go in and she would show me all these things that she was doing and she'd have like these trains and these things in the branches and they were just, they were masters of selling to their current client base. And I don't wanna say the company cause I'm not sure that I can. Um, but, but you know, the fact is, is that for us, our structure is, is we like four techs to one inside salesperson. And, you know, we'll add an outside sales if we have it or, or whatever. But, but the reality of it is, is that you don't want the team too big. You don't want them too small. I would say no more between, you know, five and eight at most. Um, and, 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 you know, you want to create your composite teams within that. And so that is really number three. And then. So wait, wait, what you're saying is one person in the office to four people on the road. So that yeah. could be an inside salesperson. But what, where does the CSR? Uh, yeah. So you, you would attach a CSR to that team as well. You know, and and what that does is now, you know, and, and you can also attach an outside salesperson to that as well. I mean, again, it all it all depends on the structure that you have at your company. But at the end of the day, the big picture, no matter what size you are, it's to get your inside and your outside people all on one team and don't create really large teams. When you have teams of 10, that's not enough for folks to become friends. It's not. You know, you need you need between five and seven. And, and I would say seven is really pushing it. Um, so you create that composite team and you would run something like this maybe for two months, you know, starting the busy season. And you want them meeting every morning. You want I mean, whether it's just a quick virtual call or whatever, but, you know, <clears throat> you want something to where there's some sort of structure that 
this composite team that you've created, they are constantly communicating. Now, in our company, we use Slack. They get their own Slack channels and, you know, they're talking, they're constantly communicating. But you want it to make, hey, this is what we did last week or this is what we did yesterday. You know, Miss Smith needed this, yada, yada, yada. All that communication happens. And now the sale goes through. And of course, they're competing with people inside of your team. I mean, inside of your company. And so what it does is, again, it just gels the inside and outside folks. And it just, again, I, I cannot overemphasize how effective this is, especially in your busy season for your culture and also for, per, you know, really boosting your sales from your current client base. So me a favor. Tell me. So I had somebody the other day uh, uh, say, what, why should I use Slack? Right. And we have a lot of customers or a lot of clients who use Slack. Just tell briefly, what is Slack? Why do you use it? How does it help your business? Yeah. Just, so just real quick. Um, I, first of all, I have a confession to make. So we use Slack, but as the owner, I intentionally do not go into Slack. I let my team do that. Now, I'm not telling you you should do that. That's Donnie's philosophy. I do that because I don't want people to feel like I'm looking in on everything. And also, I don't want to get it's very easy. I, I am easily distracted. And I know that as soon as I start looking at our company Slack, I will be all over the place. And so I try to create a little distance. But Slack itself is almost like an instant messenger. You can you know, spin it for your own business. And what makes Slack so great is that, well, number one, no one likes calling each other anymore. And I don't know why this is, but it certainly is, you know, it, it is a trend that that I don't think is going to change. But you know, what you can do is you can create channels. And so you can create these little, almost think of like little text groups um, and people can communicate instantly. What that does is it frees up your phone, right? You don't have technicians calling in. The other thing that it does is it provides instant access that people can multitask. If they're on the phone and they need to message a technician and vice versa, if a technician's in front of a customer and they need to message the office, you know, they'll get notifications. And so it's nothing more than an instant messenger for your business. Um, that connects everyone. I, I will tell you, attach videos Don, and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Donnie, Donnie, the leader loves it. Donnie, the leader hates it. <laughs> I yeah, love no, you it, know, it, 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 you know, it's like all, all social media. It's just a time drain, you know? So that's what I was going to say. So for folks who are kind of in the pit slinging stuff around and getting things done for the business, they absolutely need to have it. Right. Because they got to be able to communicate quickly. And you want to make sure that you don't you don't have anything that prevents instant communication. At the same time, as a leader, I need time to think I need a little distance. And so that's Slack in a nutshell. So. So, number one, photos. Number two, make it fun, right? Number, you know, flags, pictures, those types of things. Number three, create your composite team, you know, where you attach tech, CSRs, inside sales, uh, whatever your structure is like, you get them. And then number four, this seems obvious, but make it real, meaning that there needs to be some cash and prizes attached to it. You know, people really, you could make, I'm not telling you that you need to have like a new car, right? I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like, you know, People enjoy competing, and if you do it right and you create a great culture, the prize really doesn't matter. But you do want something that you can like gloat about or something where people are distinguished within the company or the team. Like what we did is we created a, a, a different flag for the winning team, and they got to keep that flag. It was something stupid. Now, of course, we give them money, you know, and they're, of course, they're going to make money if they're selling more. But but the fact is, is that it was the it was a recognition within the company 
that, hey, that's the team um, that won for whatever the cycle that is. It could be for two weeks, a month, whatever. Um, so that would be, you know, do you, uh, do you break everybody up the next time around and make different teams or do you keep yeah. everybody on the same team? So, and, so where do these, uh, these flags go? Like your, uh, championship flags around the stadium, where, uh, where do you put them? And well, they stay, the they stay with the team. They stay within the team within the office. And we also have it within the branch. Um, but I've been thinking of some ideas, um, you know, and I don't, by the way, this is just me thinking, when you go, I'm an NC State fan, so everyone can make fun of me because we suck at pretty much all athletics, but we've had our moments. But, you know, anytime you go into any kind of sporting event, you know, you will see jerseys or flags when a certain team won the NCAA tournament or they, you know, they took the Stanley Cup or whatever. I'm thinking that I may this year, I may do that where it's I put the team name and who won the season. Right. And that team and we but, you know, but we'd have to keep the same team names in order for that to work. So I don't know if I'm going to do that quite yet. But 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 the whole idea here is, is that somehow, some way within the company, there's some tangible thing that everyone can see that that was the winning team or that they've got the flag of some sort. And these are all silly things, but I'm telling you, they work <laughs> and it makes it fun. Right. So, you know, when you create contests, what that does is it creates this intensity where people are in the game today. They're not worried. I mean, because one of the things I've noticed about salespeople, they are masters of tomorrow and next month. <laughs> We're running behind a little bit this month. Live man. On. They next live on someday week. I uh, Oh man, you know, and next month we're gonna get it back. <laughs> and so someday you know, I'll yeah, it's someday I'll and so place. So, so my last point here, and, and you kind of already mentioned this, Dan, is that, you know, you want to switch these teams up. Um, if you've got one team that's dominating all the time, that's a problem, right? You don't want to do that. It's almost like NASCAR where they put the, the and of course, it would be me to, to, to talk about a NASCAR metaphor here. But, you know, where you put governors on the car and, you know, you're constantly switching it up or an NFL team where the draft, you know, the worst teams get the first NFL draft picks. Right. You want to make sure that these teams that are winning are rotating. You don't want to create this all star team. They always win. Now, all of a sudden, this contest is nothing more than, you know, check the box and no one really cares because it's not like they're going to win anyway. And so you need to switch these teams up. Now, how you do that, if you do it per season, if you do it per week, if you do it per month, that's something you'll, you'll need to figure out for your own business. But but point is, is that don't keep the same people on the same teams all the time when you do this, because if you do that, you know, it, it you run the risk of falling into another pattern. And then it's kind of business as usual. And all of this stuff doesn't really have the effect that it would, you know, when it's fresh and new. So um anything to add to this dan i mean this is kind of a pretty straightforward topic but just something i think is it's very applicable now that we're kicking off the season um and, and again it's a great just, way to just, do so uh, from from my perspective you know i'm all about stats and whatnot what's the easiest way to keep score and communicate the score uh as the innings unfold yeah i would say you know if you don't have the data system to do this create it and it's look, this doesn't need to be rocket science. You can do this with a freaking spreadsheet. All you need, you need to report results daily, daily. You need, and you need to, you need to you know, push a ranking report daily. You've got to keep the intensity yeah, up. 
hanging this in the office or are you just emailing emailing or texting it emailing it, emailing it to everyone hanging it putting it on a whiteboard you know in our case we've got some branches you know our office is disconnected from all of our branches and so they see each other virtually but they don't actually come into the office and talk to and we're still we're still kind of in not covid mode but you know a lot of our folks are still at home um from the office and so it's just you know you can put flags behind the zoom calls whatever it doesn't matter but but the whole idea is here it's like most things right nothing creates champions like data you know what i mean so you you've got to have that data up on a, on a daily cycle so all right just a couple of things to think about i i want to put the i'm going to hold put on these up hold on screen. every once all in right. a while there's moments of greatness and what you just said I don't know whether you made it up because I never heard it before, but that nothing <laughs> creates champions like data. I like that. I'm going well, to write true. that down. Well, I don't know that, you know, as a blind squirrel every now and then, right, Dan? So I, I've, I've, I've had a story and, I, and I've, I've talked about this at a couple of presentations. I'm not going to do it now because it's way too long, but um, where I had this app that was giving me data on how my landings were, <laughs> I was flying right. and, uh, you know, it wasn't as good as I thought it was, but it it made me better. So it's it's all about the data. Um, okay, so last thing again, we're gonna put these yeah, resources nothing up. Nothing makes champions like accurate data. Uh, <laughs> let's not forget the adjective. <laughs> um, yeah. So a couple of things that will go up on the website. If you've not read this book, I did not get this idea from this book, but it is a fantastic sales book it's called sales management simplified it's by mike winberg um that is a book that if you really want to dig into how do you manage sales within your business um i that this book changed my complete thought process on sales and how to manage it because all the sins that he talks about that people do on sales team i personally have done them and when i was reading it i was laughing and internally i think i was crying but we made a lot of changes as a result of it uh, I'm also going to link up an article from Forbes that uh, it talks about team management and basically the psychology of team management and why it's so important to create this dynamic where people are, you know, they talk about what makes a really good team and what makes people perform very, very well in a team. And they talk about, you know, psychology, safety, but but there's a big difference between safety and comfort, right? Everyone should be a little uncomfortable, right? Comfort doesn't get you anywhere in sales, right? If you're if you're comfortable, I mean, you think about it, you go to the gym and you're completely comfortable, you're not going to get any better. So you want to create safety, but not comfort. And so this article is a fantastic view. Um, it was a great read and it's pretty quick on how do you create this dynamic where people feel safe on the team, but they're not quite comfortable because that, I think that is a good balance there. So uh, we'll link those up. Uh, they are good reads. And, you know, the only thing I can say is I hope everyone has a great season. I hope this, again, this is just a, a little tool you can put in your toolbox that I think will absolutely leverage, you know, way more sales out of your current customer base. And it's cheap, doesn't cost you anything. So with that, Dan, what do you want to add to it before we close out here? Well, I just, uh, uh, I, I subscribed to Audible, which is a audio uh, books and put in Mike Weinberg. It looks like he's got some pretty cool books. So there's three of them that uh, he does. Uh, he, he's got so I'm actually going to download all three of them. So there you go. Thank you for there that. You go. You're very welcome. 
All righty. Well, I will I will close us out and remind everyone that Dan and I are highly compensated for the uh, podcast. We we don't know what to do with all the money that we earn on this podcast. We're trying to figure out how to spend it, which means that we don't get paid. So we would absolutely appreciate, you know, the tips for us are going to be ratings, reviews, telling other people about the podcast. We love doing this and we hope that it's helpful. That's the motivation behind this. I know I've talked about this in the past. I know Dan has as well. You know, coming up in the industry, I've had so many people help me out and give me advice and give me ideas on ways that I can improve my business. And, and I, you know, we both just want to give back and, and, and kind of provide that same service. Obviously, technology has changed in a different way. So we, we appreciate any ratings and reviews and sharing of the podcast. It really helps out. And with that, we're going to sign off. We'll talk to you all next time. I hope everyone has a great week. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you.